global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. U.S. stocks are lower following two weeks of gains for the S&P 500 index before central bank meetings this week in the U.S. and Japan as an investor's weight earnings reports to gauge corporate health. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The S&P 500 down about four-tenths percent down seven points to 2083. Dow Jones Industrial Average down half percent. Or 85 points to 17,918. The Nasdaq's down a tenth of a percent or five points to 4,900. Ten-year Treasury down two thirty seconds. The yield 1.89 percent. The yield on the two-year 0.82 percent. NYMEX crude oil up three tenths percent or 13 cents to 43.84 a barrel. COMEX gold is up eight tenths percent or nine dollars seventy cents to 12.39.80 an ounce. The euro a dollar 12.59. The yen 111.07. Valiant Pharmaceuticals hiring. Perigo's former CEO, Joseph Papa, is its new executive, its new chief executive and chairman, tasked with turning around an embattled drug maker that has faced multiple setbacks over the past month. And Valiant Pharmaceutical shares are up 3.5% this morning. Gannett, the publisher of USA Today, made a $815 million unsolicited bid for Tribune Publishing, seeking to add the Los Angeles Times and the Chicago Tribune to its newspaper portfolio. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Mike and Francine. Karen, thank you very much. Joining us now, Art Hogan. He's Director of Equity Research, Chief Market Strategist for Wonderlick Securities. Uh, he's a man who has his finger on the immediate pulse of the market, so I've got to go to you and ask. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I <laughs> all of a sudden saw what was happening and, and choked up. Uh, the markets are worsening. What, what's wrong today? Um, there doesn't seem to be a catalyst for a real down move. We saw last Friday people writing profit-taking, which is a sort of a banned term around here. Uh, what is it that people are negative about when we have all these articles over the weekend about how things have bottomed out? Yeah, it's interesting. The I, th- I think it's very much of a situation where the market has had a significant move off the bottom. So if you remember back on February 11th, um, you know we were we were some 15 percent lower than we are now. That's a that, that's a pretty good turnaround. I think. The, the most interesting thing to me is that the earnings season seems like it's been going on forever, and we're only 26% uh, of the way through the S&P 500 coming into the week. We've got about a third of S&P 500 companies reporting, and expectations are so low. I will tell you that throughout the cycle, we have lower expectations uh, every quarter for the last eight quarters. Coming into this reporting season, we've actually seen 76% of companies actually beat their earnings estimates. And, you know, the average there over the last five years is about 58% of companies beating. So we, we clearly are doing better than feared, and that's okay. You know, the, 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 the problem, though, was last week we ran into a bunch of household names that actually disappointed. So when you get American Airlines, Google, Microsoft, Kimberly Clark, Starbucks, and Verizon missing and having very abrupt sell-offs, I think that that puts a dent in our expectations that we're going to get through this earnings season unscathed, and I think we're getting some of that today. I think it's just the realization that, yes, we're beating much lowered expectations, and, you know, where do we go from here at 17 times this year's earnings estimates for the S&P 500? Well, we get, I would imagine, that paired back a little bit when you get, as of the, this morning, 6.5% decline in earnings for the quarter so far. 
Right. You know, and, and, and Michael, I know we can't do this, but if you were to back out energy materials, you'd be plus four or five percent. So it's, you know, the, you have to put some of this in context. And I think one of the things that's interesting here, and this is the first time we've seen this in the cycle, at least over the last four quarters, this may well be the inflection point. We may start seeing earnings growth in the second, third, and fourth quarter of this year, and that inflection point comes on the heels of a couple of headwinds that have become tailwinds. The strength of the U.S. dollar is fading. I think that's a real positive for the S&P 500, and energy prices are creeping higher. We're at 26 and change in February, and you know we're, you know, at 43 and change. You know, as we enter the week, so you know both those things are helping. They're, you know, they're helping, you know, to a certain extent. Uh, you know, the worst part of the of the S&P 500. But I think what's been more telling as we started the quarter is that the best performing sectors in the market in the first quarter are now the worst performing sectors in the market in the second quarter. I think that's important. What does that mean? That means the dividend darlings, whether it's the utilities, or the telecoms, or the staples. That crowded trade is actually unwinding, and people are actually chasing some underperformers. That's, I think that's a constructive mix. So you're seeing financials, healthcare, and energy stocks being bought, and and some of those crowded dividend darlings are being sold. I think that's been something that we've been looking for 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 some time, and I think that ends up being pretty positive. Well, uh, we go through this all the time. You you mentioned the uh, the beat rate for companies, mm-hmm. you know, and the average is always sixty to seventy percent do better. So, um, do, are companies sandbagging us? Do analysts get it wrong, or is there any point to paying attention to expectations? No, I don't think there is. Unfortunately, you have to go through this process. You know, we like to think about our earnings reporting season as when we work the hardest to make the least difference to investors because it's, it's just a process you have to go through, right? That, you know, companies try to get you to, you know, to, to, to walk down your, your estimates so that they have a bar that's beatable. Um, you know, we, we go through this every quarter. But what's telling, and, 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 and I think this is important, is, is actually guidance. The new news that we get from an earnings report is not the, the, the history book of what last quarter looked like, but what does your business look like? What you know? What things are improving? How is your organic growth? If you back out FX, you know, are you gaining market share in your sector? You know, versus your competition, and those are the things that come out in guidance. That come out in the conference calls. That's harder to track. But I will tell you this: you know, this the guidance has shown a modicum of of actually clarity and 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 much more of a positive tone for the rest of this year that we've seen. You know, probably in three or four quarters. So that's the good news. The bad news is we have to go through this kabuki dance. You know, four times a year and it's it's difficult to sort of sit through and say of course you beat you know you had expectations set too low but the guidance you know portion of the of the earnings reporting season is actually a little more robust than the actual earnings season itself what are you watching now and i ask it in terms of um, you know is there is a, a a stock or sector that is going to drive sentiment more than you know just the the absolute returns but it, you know last year for a while everybody had to buy or sell apple um, you know, uh, is there a stock like that now? Uh, no, I'll tell you, that, and that has been true for a while, right? And, and, you know, there's a lot of fanfare around Apple. Their earnings actually be down sequentially and down year over year uh, in this particular quarter. And, and, and uh, I think that, you know, probably gets a pass. Um, when you look at Apple in and of itself, it's probably, you know, for, for a company that's growing, you know, in the 20%. Realm, it's trading at 12 times. When you back out cash, it's trading at something cheaper than that. So it's, you know, it's, believe it or not, it's, it's, it's trading much more of in, in, in value territory than it is in growth territory. And that's okay. I think what you really want to look at is on a sector basis, are we seeing improvement, right? And I think the, the pivot here will be just that. Are we seeing improvement in man, 
manufacturing in the U.S. Um, and, and uh, on the heels of what's been a manufacturing recession, are we actually seeing the you know the benefits of rising oil prices and a weakening dollar in the economy? And, and does that show up in, in, in earnings? And I think we're seeing that. And, and what the heck is the consumer doing with all the savings that they have and the jobs that have been created? So we have a confident consumer, but they're spending money in interesting ways, and we're heading into driving season, and they're going to save even more on a year-over-year basis. And we hope that you know translates into some, some robust consumer spending over the next three months. Yeah, well, we did see. We started the show talking with Nick Heyman about GE, Honeywell, the industrials doing better than people anticipated in the first quarter, given what everybody was saying about manufacturing. Yeah, it's interesting. So the, the two sort of sneaky bull markets that are going on is that transition in industrials. It, you know, it, it, it won't show up and, and, and make a whole lot of headlines, but, you know, we're incrementally seeing better data, whether it's in the uh, industrial production capacity utilization numbers, whether it's in the in the PMIs. I think that's an, uh, an important pivot. And the other quiet move that we've seen is the transports. You know, if I told you they were up 7.5% on a year-to-date basis, you'd probably say that was crazy. But that's the case, and, 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 and that's probably a tell that we're seeing some economic activity that we didn't see last year. They were plagued with the sort of, you know, transportation of energy product that, you know, obviously, for obvious reasons, came to a screeching halt. But the intermodal traffic, the, the part of traffic that, you know, moves goods around the country is actually at a pivot point here and a very important one. I think that's, uh, you know, that the transports are trying to price in right now. The Dow Theory time? Yeah, I guess <laughs> you and I are probably the only ones old enough listening to this radio Yeah, because Tom, right Tom is on vacation. He would know. But. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think if we were to, to get into that a little bit and, and talk about that, we, we, have a, we have a Dow theory that hasn't been confirmed by the Dow Industrials, even though we're you know, at or near all-time highs. We need to see a bit of a breakout in the industrials for that to be confirmed. I think what's more important is the reason that Dow theory was started in the first place is it's hard to hide economic activity from the transportation sector. So I think that if we're seeing a pickup in intermodal traffic, if we're seeing um, you know, a pickup in, in leisure travel and business travel, I think that's probably a pretty good sign for the economy. And, and should translate back into the you know broad market indices at some point in time. Both the Dow and the S and P uh, have a little catching up to do there. Hey, quickly before we let you go, let me ask you about uh, what you were talking about uh, at the beginning. Uh, you know, energy being the huge drag on earnings. Worst, you know, f- over for them. I think the worst is over, yes. But the, the problem with the worst being over is there's going to be some collateral damage along the way, right? So what happens this time of year is banks redetermine your debt as an energy company. There are a lot of energy companies that will be put out of business during redetermination season. So, yes, the worst is over, but that also means we're going to see a whole lot of companies go out of business. We've seen a lot of that already. So it's going to be a survival of, of the fittest year. I think we've bottomed out in the commodity price. We need to, you know, we need to get, you know, the, the bankruptcies yeah. behind us. And the, and the strong balance sheet companies will survive and probably thrive in 17. Art Hogan, thanks so much for being with us from Wonderlick Securities. And thank you to Francine Lacroix. She'll be with me again tomorrow here on Bloomberg Surveillance on radio and television. As Tom Keene continues his vacation, that smile you see is YUN, our producer, our global technical director. Ken Fellew, thanks to him as well. Stocks continue to trade lower. S&P 500 down by 9. Dow Jones off by 87. This is Bloomberg Radio Worldwide.